Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Enjoy and thanks for listening. My name is Gus. I'm one of the pastors here at Valley Point Church, in case you uh, are new to Valley Point. And uh, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, spending some quality time with family and friends and eating some quality food, right? Yes, it's always good to set some time aside in our busy schedules to be grateful for the gifts and the blessings of life. And uh, of course, we always do that around Thanksgiving. And that's actually what I would like to talk to you about today. I'd like to talk to you about having a heart of gratitude. And you may be thinking, well, this is three days after Thanksgiving. This is a little bit out of sync. We should have talked about this weeks ago. I know you're thinking that gratitude and that subject may not be necessarily a compelling subject to you. And I kind of would agree. As a matter of fact, on Tuesday afternoons at Valley Point, we have what we call our program meeting. And in our program meeting, we take time and we critique everything that happens on Sunday. We critique setup, we critique the worship, we critique the message, the music, the, the transitions, take down. We critique everything because we want to be all that we can be for God. And during that time in our program meeting over the last few years, we've come up with a little word that we have fun with. And that word is this. It is generic. So the conversation in our program meeting might sound a little bit like this. Ben might say, so how was the video on Sunday? And someone may answer, well, Ben, your video was fairly generic. Austin may say, well, how was the music on Sunday? Someone else may say, well, Austin, your music Sunday was pretty generic. And, of course, Eric will ask, so how was the talk? How was my message on Sunday? And, of course, someone will say, Eric, your message was fairly fantastic. (laughs) It was the best message ever. And we'll all jump in and we'll say, "You, you were wonderful on Sunday. Eric, as a staff, we're not stupid. (laughs) Although, over the years, Austin has had some feedback for Eric from time to time regarding his messages. But of course, we all know that today is Austin's last day with us. And you may be sitting there and you may be thinking, well, gratitude. Gus, I have a feeling that the subject on Tuesday is going to be generic, generic. And that's okay, because I kind of felt the same way. But as I began to unpack this subject, and as I began to research this subject of having a heart of gratitude in our lives, I realized that we need a heart of gratitude in this world today more than ever. We need it in our country. 
We need it in our schools. We need a heart of gratitude in our communities. We need it in the workplace. We need to have a heart of gratitude in our churches. In our churches. A heart of gratitude. Having a heart of gratitude makes a difference in our lives. It makes a difference in our lives. All studies, scientific studies, and there's been tons of them, I actually looked at 26 different studies on gratitude. All the studies agree, and it's abundantly clear, that having a heart of gratitude makes us different. It helps us. It makes us happier. It is, helps us in the relationships with we, who we have. It makes people like us more. That's pretty good. It helps us in our business. It helps us in our marriages. It helps us in our health. When you have a heart of gratitude, it's proven scientifically that you will be healthier. There's a lot of value in having a heart of gratitude. But having a heart of gratitude is more than just an emotional response of thanks. Having a heart of gratitude, it's a disposition. It's an attitude. My wife, Laurie, recently was doing some redecorating. And she wanted to get a pillow that said grateful. And so she began to look everywhere for this pillow that said grateful. And she couldn't find one. And ladies, you know how it is when you get your mind set on something and you want to do something, nothing can change your mind. So she looks everywhere and she sees some that says thankful. And, but it just doesn't, it's not what she wanted. She doesn't really know why. She doesn't understand. But she doesn't get it. Finally, after weeks of this turmoil in her life and mine, <laughs> she has a friend who finds one for her and buys it for her. And our lives are much happier. <laughs> and later when we had this conversation and I was talking to her about this subject of having a heart of gratitude, she kind of realized the difference. She realized the difference. There's a huge difference. Gratitude is more than an emotional response of thanks. Gratitude is a feeling that spontaneously emerges from within us. However, it is more than just a feeling. It is a choice. It is a choice that we make. It's a choice that you and I can make every day to have a heart of gratitude. We can be grateful or we can be ungrateful for the blessings and the gifts that are in our life. It is a choice. It's an attitude. It's a disposition. It is a state of being. One writer describes it this way. It's a habit of the heart. That's our big idea for today. Our big idea is this. Choose to have a heart of gratitude. Because we all have that choice. Having a heart of gratitude changes not only how we act, how we behave. Having a heart of gratitude changes who we are as human beings. Having a heart of gratitude changes the relationships with the people around us. They become real. Having a heart of gratitude changes our relationship with God. 
It changes that relationship with God from being a generic relationship to being a relationship that is alive and real. And I think we all want that in our lives today. Choose to have a heart of gratitude. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture. And it's a fairly long passage of Scripture. And I, I know because you had so much turkey the past few days and it makes you tired that I'm going to read through all of this myself. But I think out of respect for God's word, let's stand as I read through this. This is in Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 4, and I'm going to read a lot of uh, verses here today. And this is Paul writing to the Philippians. Paul writes to the Philippians, and most Bible scholars believe that Paul is writing from jail in Rome. And this is to the church of Philippi, thus Philippians. And as I read through this, I want you to try to answer two questions as we go through it. What is Paul grateful for? And to whom is Paul grateful? What is Paul grateful for? And to whom is Paul grateful? Philippians 4, verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Verse 10 says this, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on the secret of almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches 
which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And then verse 20 says, All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks. You may be seated. Out of this passage of Scripture, I know it was long. I need a lot more verses when I teach than when Eric teaches to try to prove my point. Out of this passage, I want to give you three principles of gratitude. Three principles of gratitude and then three takeaways, three next steps to help us establish habits in our life that will create a heart of gratitude. Of gratitude. So let's answer our first question. What is Paul thankful for? You don't need to raise your hands. I'll answer it for you. He's thankful for the Philippians, and he's thankful for their gift. He's thankful. He's, he's grateful for what the Philippians have done for him. And to whom is Paul grateful? To whom? He is grateful to the Philippians, and he's grateful to God. This leads us to our first principle. When it comes to gratitude, it's very, very important to realize that everything that we have in our life is from God. It's from God. It says in James chapter 1, verse 17, it says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. This is the foundation for establishing a heart of gratitude in our lives. And not only is it the foundation to establish a heart of gratitude in our lives, it's the foundation for all Christianity. It's a foundation for our spiritual walk. It's a foundation for our faith. If you want to have a real relationship with God, recognize the fact that every good gift that you have in your life is from God. It's from God. Recognizing that it is a gift from God takes your eyes off of yourself and puts them where they belong. Recognize that every good gift in your life is from God. I want to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example of an athlete. Let's take a football player. We have a football player. He's... He's born in this area. He's raised by a family in this area. And the family takes him everywhere to play sports, football. He plays baseball, plays soccer, plays lacrosse, plays everything. When he's younger, he's just active and he's, he's going nowhere and his parents take him wherever. And as he gets older, he realizes that he has a gift and that he has one sport that he favors over others. He just likes it more. And that sport just happens to be football. And so as he gets older, he plays football in high school. Plays in high school, does really well, and he ends up going to D1 college, plays football in college, and there he continues to develop his skill. He works hard, and he, he does what the trainers and the coaches uh, tell him to do, and he really excels in college, and he ends up coming out of college, and he gets drafted by the NFL gets drafted by the NFL, and he, and he ends up last Thursday in Thanksgiving Day game. And it probably wasn't 
in the Dallas game. It was probably another game because we really don't want to talk about the Dallas game from Thursday. But he scores a touchdown. The quarterback throws him a pass and he scores a touchdown and he crosses the goal line. He does a little dance, probably not like that, but something like that. He says, I am the greatest. He points to the people on the end zone. And he says, what do you think about me now? And he points to the opposing player and he says, you can't touch this. We see that all the time. We see that all the time. His eyes are kind of on himself. And the gifts, the talent, the opportunities, the people that he was surrounded with, they are not that important to him. And that's okay. And then you have another athlete who, same situation. Born in this area. Parents took him around. Loved football. Excelled. Played in high school. Went to college. Same situation. Scored last week. And as he crosses the goal line, he points and says, thank God. Thank God. He realizes that everything that he has in his life, the opportunities that he had, the parents that he had, the coaches that he had, the resources that he had, were a gift from God. That player had a heart, a heart of gratitude. Listen, I know it's hard. It's hard for us sometimes to take our eyes off of ourselves and put them on God. We're humans. It's natural for us. And so what I would encourage you to do today is that if, you, if, if you're having a hard time doing that, think about the gifts that God has given to you that you had nothing to do with. Because the football player could say, well, I worked hard at this. I deserve all this credit. I deserve the glory and the honor. But think of the gifts that God has put in your life that you had nothing to do with. I, I can think of a couple. Maybe you can think more. The, the one that I can think of, one, is your parents. You didn't choose them. They're a gift from God. Whether you like your parents or not, it doesn't matter. They are still a gift from God. And maybe you're here today and you have only were, were raised with one parent or maybe even with no parents. But they were a gift from God, whoever God put into your life. They're a gift from God. Another one that I thought of was your birthright. I've gone to some compassion trips, and many of you have, and you see the difference between being born in the DR and being born in the United States of America. You see the difference being born in Russia and being born in Guatemala or India and being born in the United States of America. You didn't choose to be born here. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God to be born here. The opportunities that we have, the resources that we have, they are gifts. They are gifts that we did nothing for. They're a gift from God. Another one is creation. Creation is a gift from God. You know, the Bible teaches us that creation actually gives us a glimpse into the character of God. You can look at creation. You can look at the icebergs, and you can look at the pink sand beaches of Bermuda. You can look at the beautiful, gorgeous fall trees. You can look at the animals and the creatures above the sea and below the sea. 
you can look at this creation and you can say, our God is a wonderful God. Our God is a powerful God. Our creation is a gift from God. And that's why scripture teaches us that when you look at creation, don't worship the creation, worship the creator. And the fourth one that I thought of, and you guys can think of a lot more, there are tons more, is our salvation. Our salvation is a gift from God. It says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We can't boast about our salvation. It's a gift from God. When you believe that you've earned something or deserve something, you can't help but be filled with a certain amount of pride and entitlement. Well, when you believe that something is a gift from God, there's a certain humility that comes to that. There's a certain humbleness that you are just bathed in when you believe that everything that you have is from our almighty creator. And that leads us to our second principle. The second principle is this. Gratitude is the parent of all virtues. Of all virtues. All virtues come from this heart of gratitude. A virtue that begets other virtues. The cultivation of gratitude develops character in our lives. When you recognize a gift is from God, it gives us a modest view of ourselves. And humility emerges from our being. And that's our first virtue. Our first virtue is humility. Humility begins a cycle of virtues that changes who we are. It changes who we are. When humility emerges, it leads to an appreciation for the things and the people in our lives. An appreciation. Let's think of the football player. Think of the football player who recognizes that everything that he has is from God. He has a certain appreciation for the teammates that are on his team. As a matter of fact, in this morning's paper, Frank Reich, who is the offensive coordinator of Football Eagles, said this, uh, an athlete that has the it factor is an athlete who has a perfect balance of humility and confidence. Humility and confidence. There's a certain appreciation when you recognize who you are and you have a relationship with God and you recognize the gifts that God has given to you. The virtue of appreciation leads to another virtue, and that is the virtue of contentment. Contentment. Contentment is when you are satisfied with your life. You are satisfied with the things in your life. You're satisfied with the relationships in your life. There's a certain contentment. In that passage that we read, it talks about having a peace of God that passes all understanding. That's contentment understanding and you're satisfied and content with God's will in your life. You're content with who you are in your relationships. That contentment then leads to you being aware of others. 
you being aware that there's other people in this world that are not content with their relationship with God. They're not content with who they are. And that leads to the virtue of compassion in your life. Compassion in your life. Compassion helps us see the misfortune of others. And when we have that compassion and we see that misfortune in others and we see that there's discontentment in life, it leads to the next virtue. It gives us the motivation to make a difference. And that is the virtue of generosity. The virtue of generosity. Because the virtue of generosity is us giving back our time, our resources, giving back to someone, giving someone that gift that they did nothing to deserve. That cycle of virtues that comes out of a heart of gratitude changes who we are, but it changes the world around us. Because just like Paul received that gift from the Philippians, they gave the glory to God. Paul gave the glory to God. When we uh, live a life of generosity, we give back to others by serving them or giving them a part of our time, our talent, our resources, whatever it is. They realize that it's a gift and they give glory to God. They give glory to God. That's our third principle for today. Generosity is the ultimate response of gratitude. It is the ultimate response of gratitude. We have a saying here at Valley Point that we say from time to time, and that is we are going to love on others expecting nothing in return. Expecting nothing in return. Listen, parents, if you want your children to be bathed in these virtues, help them, teach them, help them learn a heart of gratitude. And these virtues will flow out of their life. Humility, appreciation, contentment. Maybe as a parent, you're sitting here a month away from Christmas and you're thinking to yourself, what am I buying my kids that they will appreciate and they'll be content with and won't just want to throw it away a week later. (laughs) The best gift that you can give to your kids today is teach them how to have a heart of gratitude. And you won't have to worry about the gift. You won't have to worry about the gift. Generosity is the ultimate response to gratitude. I'll give you three steps, three habits that you can do in your life to establish a heart of gratitude. These are very simple things, but if we establish them as habits in our life, they will certainly help. The first one is this, fix your eyes on the good things. Fix your eyes on the good things. That comes natural around Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. Fix your eyes on the good things 365 days out of the year. In verse 8 it says this, Paul writes And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 
It doesn't matter if you're living in a valley right now, if you're having a, a season of downs. God is telling us through Paul, fix your eyes on the good things. It's a great habit to establish. Fix your eyes on the good things. Make a list. Name them. Be specific. Don't say, you know what, I got a great job. Thank you. I have a great job. Be specific about how you got that job. Be grateful for your parents who gave you direction, your mentors in your life, your professors that taught you, that saw a certain skill set in you and directed you in a certain direction. Be grateful for the specific things that got you that job, that people that encouraged you, your coworkers. Be specific in thinking and fixing your mind on the good things. Number two, express your gratitude to God. Now, you may think this is a simple thing. Sure, sure, express your gratitude. Express your gratitude to God privately and publicly. Worship is an expression of our gratitude. Praise is an expression of our gratitude to God. Prayer is an expression of our gratitude to God. When someone is in your life and you know that they have made a difference in your life, tell them publicly. Tell them, say, I thank God for bringing you into my life. Sure, we could say thanks, and it does help. But be specific. Be grateful for that person and be grateful to God. And then the third step for us, the third habit, is be generous. Be generous. Love expecting nothing in return. Serve and give back, realizing that all that we have is a gift from God. Listen, we don't serve to earn. We don't serve to win God's love. We serve because of God's love. God's love compels us. God's love motivates us. God's love inspires us. It's a gift of God. When I come to church on Sundays and I see Elizabeth and Josh greeting out front, I know that Elizabeth is teaching her children how to have a heart of gratitude. When I see Ben and Chase taken down at the end of the day, I know that Ben is teaching his son how to have a heart of gratitude. When I see Rachel and Paige packing things up, all the food things from Love Day, I know that Rachel is teaching her daughter how to have a heart of gratitude. There's so many examples that we can look at in our world around us. We can't just let Thanksgiving go by and say, yes, I said thanks. We need to establish a heart of gratitude in our life. Choose to have a heart of gratitude. When you choose to have a heart of gratitude and realize that every gift in your life and in my life is from God, it establishes a gratitude attitude every day, every day. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to open up your word. We thank you for the opportunity to share and to learn from it. 
I just pray, Lord, that your word would not return to us void today, but that you would speak to our heart, change our heart, and give us a heart of gratitude. Lord, may we, as believers, be an example to those around us. May we be generous. And Lord, may we serve others, expecting nothing in return, so that they, in turn, can glorify you. And Father, we do thank you. Lord, we do thank you for the gift of your Son that allows us to not only have eternal life, but to live a life that is grateful and pleasing to you. And Father, we just pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.